Joan and I are really happy uh, to be with you. And uh, even as we said last night, we're very proud of you guys and what the Lord has done uh, is as marvelous in our eyes as, as uh, the scripture says, what God has done. And uh, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would we be? Mm. Uh, just a couple of things. First of all, some of you have met Kurt Moore. And uh, would you just stand up for a second, Kurt? I want you to pray for this brother because part of his job, he works in the same organization I do, Mission in North America, is to go around the country and find churches and sites that need urban ministry teams or even rural ministry teams, short-term missions. And he is recruiting those teams. He's linking them up. And so he and I often uh, are in the same territory. And he worked for many years in disaster response. And uh, so just pray for him, you know, as he travels a lot. He is in very real way a missionary to enable uh, God's people to serve. And you heard even the testimonies last night how when urban ministry teams come, life-changing decisions get made. People are blown away. They, they see things they've never seen before. They realize that God has given them gifts they could be used by God. Uh, places they never thought they would ever go, they, all of a sudden they're there. And uh, at New City in Chattanooga, we've had teams since 1985 uh, coming every year. And so I have met people, uh, you know, I, I met one brother in Tulsa, and he just got back from Harvard with a master's in urban studies and directing a nonprofit, a, a Christian-based nonprofit. He said, you know, I'm doing this because of you. And I said, I've never met you before. And he said, well, I went on a mission trip to New City, St. Louis, and it changed my life. Uh, I was in Boston, a young woman, we were in a meeting about mercy, and she turns to me and she says, you know, I teach inner city school because of you. And I said, what? And she said, we came down to Chattanooga on a mission team, and it changed my life. And uh, so I just want you to know God is at work and sometimes you think, well, we're a small thing, but you're probably having so much more impact in the nation. Uh, and, you know, we don't know what the generations ahead will show. So we give God praise for that. Amen. Amen. Uh, yesterday, Joan and I were shopping at the um, whatever that thing is down the walk. And we, we met this delightful lady, uh, the sales clerk at one of the stores, and we are just joking around. and uh, So I asked her just offhand, I said, are you from Atlantic City? She said, born and raised. And I uh, said, oh. And uh, then she started asking us about us, and we told her who we were and what we were doing. And she said, New City, I think I've heard of that. So Joan pulls it up on her phone, you know, the website, and we start talking about hope uh, for Atlantic City. And... She starts saying, yeah, I need help with my house. And then she said, I need help with my teenager. You know, he was doing good. Now he got on drugs. And, and so we were, it was a joy to be able to say, here's a place. Call these people. And so may God, may God do something from that. It's important that you're here. Hallelujah. Okay, so I hope you can stay awake for the next hour and a half.
Uh, uh, we won't preach that long, but you'll need to drive home. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you have a Bible, um, and I guess it's up there behind me uh, on the wall. And uh, what version is that up there? Good, good. Well, NIV is good. Um, That's just one verse. I didn't put the whole thing up. All right. Well, I'll just, I, I got ESV. I like the NIV, but I'll, I'll read you what I got. And uh, then I'll pray. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you're not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the Lord's day. Lord, we are, have prayed today already using the words of Scripture to tell you we're sorry for our sins. But we tell you again. Because, Lord, we just need the constant cleansing, the washing of the blood of Jesus. We need to be washed in the word. And we pray now as we preach that you, Holy Spirit, will come and anoint me to preach your holy word beyond my skill, beyond my ability. Uh, Lord, that, that your word would be clear and understandable. And that, Holy Spirit, you would drive it home like a knife into our hearts. And that we would leave this place encouraged and know that we are loved by you and that you would do a great work of grace in our life. Do it for your glory, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of my sermon uh, today is Called. Called. What is it? Called. Good, you got it. Very good. Now, I got four points, all right? And they are called. God calls us, he calls us, well, excuse me, called, cleansed, changed, and constant, okay? So today's sermon is brought to you by the letter C. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, this word called is, is, is a great word. Uh, in theology, and it's a great word in the Bible. Um, some of you growing up, uh, there were certain voices that you responded to when they called you. 
And uh, one of those was usually your mama, all right? If your mother called you, um, you knew you should come. Now, there's always that moment in a child's life, usually around two years of age, where they, you, you got to really teach them that your voice is important. You know, because you could almost see it in your eye, in their eye. You call them, and they just have that moment of, I'm not really going to come. I'm going to run. And, you know, and for me as a father, that, that was a dangerous time because you, you, you really want your kids to be able to obey. So when you say you call their name, they're not going to run out in the street. And, you know, you want them to be able, you call them, you want them to stop, turn around, you know. And, and in my family, it wasn't what? It was, yes, sir. That, that's what I want. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Now, there are some parents, if you don't stop and obey when they call you, you're going to feel it. All right. Other parents, they get into this negotiation. Okay. It's like their word doesn't really have any authority. If you're a parent, don't let that happen. Because if it happens at two, God help you when they're 15. All right. Now, there, there are other people in our life, when they call you, you're supposed to do what you're told, up like a policeman. Okay. If you argue with policemen, that is not healthy. All right. Now, they're bad policemen, but most policemen are good, but they have authority for a reason. You, there's another uh, group that can call you. Um, they, you. They send you a letter, and it says, greetings. And if, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But you know, in American law, when you turn 18 as a man, you have to register for selective service. Now, there's just been a court case that said women are going to have to do the same thing. We don't know how that's going to work out yet. But basically, if the nation goes to war, the, the country could institute a draft. And uh, I was, you know, I, I was a teenager during Vietnam, and I went to college, and everybody was terrified that they were going to get that letter any moment. Greetings. That's how they start that letter. It always starts the same way. It says, your fellow citizens have selected you. And, you know, in every community, they had a name of everybody who was 18 and up, and they went down that list and they selected it. And they said, oh, let's get him, you know. And it, it, when you got it, you had no choice. That was a call on your life. And for some people, that call ended their life because they had to go to war. Now, some people said, I'm not going to listen. I'm not, I'm not going to answer that. And they went, some of them went to prison. Some ran away to another country. But that, that's a powerful call. But what do you do when God calls you? Now, there, there's a big debate about, well, you know, you don't have to obey God if you don't want to. God leaves it to you. Now, now I, I want to talk about that for a few moments, all right? There is a general call that God gives to the whole world. And it goes like this, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever will may come. That's what we call a general call. God is telling the whole world, listen, if you want to be saved, if you want to be forgiven of your sins, if you want to go to heaven when you die, then come to me, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. That's a general call. And it's, a, it's applicable and available to everybody in the whole world. 
That's the great thing. Any one of you can go to anybody in the whole world and tell them, if you will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Why don't you come to Christ today? Isn't that cool? That's, that's an equal opportunity gospel. Now let me tell you a little secret behind it. That's the general call. But there's also a specific call. And that is God knows your name. And he says, today, I want you. Today, I want you. Just as much as the day of your death, when God calls your name, so also is the day of your salvation. It is specific. That's what we call effectual calling. Everybody say effectual. Effectual. That means it works. Now, you notice right at the beginning of our text, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about himself. And he says, Paul called to be an apostle. Now, guess what? Paul didn't want to be an apostle. Paul didn't even want to be a Christian. He wasn't looking for Jesus, but he was on the list of Jesus. And Jesus showed up one day and said, greetings. You know, you've been drafted. Now, now you, if you don't know the Bible, you know that Paul originally was called Saul and he was a Pharisee and he was angry at these people that later were called Christians uh, or as uh, N.T. Wright calls them, Messiah people. That, that's what the word Christian can mean, Messiah people. Christ means the anointed one, which is Messiah. So Messiah people, that's what we Christians are. We're Messiah. But we believe Jesus is the Messiah. And so uh, Paul, as a, as a, as a uh, righteous man, he, he was faithful, he was a zealot, of, uh, he believed in, in the Torah and the Old Testament law, and he thought these Christians were crazy, they, they were blasphemers, they were uh, uh, taking people away from the true God, and so he got letters from the chief priest that he could arrest them and persecute them. He's on the road to Damascus to find more of these Jesus followers. And at that moment, Jesus appears to him and blinds him and calls his name. And said, why are you fighting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> and so it was against his will God came and effectually called him. Now here is the great, the, the, the way if you read the Bible with good theology, you understand this. Two things are happening at, at the same time. You're living your life, you don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. You hear about Jesus and you say, I believe in him. And then you find out later on that God said, I'm going to make you believe in me. That's what a call is. God called you to come to Christ. That's why prayer is so powerful, because you can pray against somebody else's will. Did you ever realize that? When you pray for your relatives to get saved, you pray for your friends to get saved, and they're saying, I, I'm never going to follow Christ. Okay. Okay. Let's see what uh, God will do about that. Amen. And you get on your knees, and you cry out to God. You see, Lord, you hear what this man said? You hear what this woman said? Would you please save them anyway? And then, you know, when they get to heaven, they're going to say, I'm so embarrassed. You know, I didn't want Christ, but he wanted me. 
Hallelujah. That's good news. If Jesus wants you, you're blessed. Okay. So it says God called Paul against his will. It's what God wants. It says here that God called the people of the church. Here it comes. Not to be apostles, but to be his holy people. That's the word saints. When you become a Christian, you are called to be a saint. You know, in the Roman Catholic Church, only people who do miracles and, and are sort of famous Christians are saints. But that's not the way the Bible puts it. Everybody who is washed in the blood, everybody who becomes a believer in Christ is a saint. And that means you're God's holy people. And, uh, you know, some of us, that, that is a flat-out miracle because we were uh, not gods and we were not holy. Uh, but when God called us, he, he changed our life. How, hallelujah. We're going to talk more about that. And, and then it says, not only did he call us to be his holy people, he called us to be his holy people together. Notice that word there in chapter 1. He called us to be saints together. With all of those who call on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, for those of us in a church like New City, where we talk about racial reconciliation, we, we have to understand that reconciliation is a big, big, powerful word in the Bible. God accomplished it at the cross. He brought the Jews and the Gentiles together in one new man at the cross. That means he brought all the sub-tribes, the, uh, the ethnic groups the, every different kind of people in the world, he, he packed them all together and he put them in Christ on the cross. And he made peace through his blood. He brought us together. And you know what? Just like Paul said, I don't want to be an apostle and I don't want to love Gentiles. But now, he's the guy writing this. God saved us, made us holy people together with all these other folk. And you may say, I don't like those other folk. It don't matter what you want. <laughs> it, don't, it doesn't matter what your background, it doesn't matter how much hatred there's been between groups. Now, this is the grace of God. You've been called together. Now, the other calling here is this, again, this wonderful general opportunity about all those people who call on the Lord, uh, his grace enables us to make that call. And these are the people that get saved. This is how you get saved. You don't get saved until you call on the Lord. And whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you're here today and you're not saved, I just want you to know that this is the mercy of God to you. Uh, you don't have to jump through a lot of hoops. You just got to ask for help. If, if you want to be saved, you just ask Jesus to do it. You go, That's too simple. Yeah, it's so simple. He was not going to let you to have any part of it. It's just grace, just mercy. Amen? Amen? Okay, let me get to my second point. Paul teaches us here that the people uh, who are called, he sanctifies them. And he uses that word, sanctified. And, uh, you know, some of you, if you know much about uh, churches, you know, there are some churches that call themselves sanctified. And usually those are, are churches where they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and maybe they'll tell you that once they're sanctified, they never sin again. Okay? Now, that's not what the Bible teaches, but the Bible does teach this word, sanctified. Everybody say sanctified. sanctified. 
And if you're a Christian, you have been sanctified. Now, what that means, and, and a good way to look at it, if, if you got your Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 9. And this is our testimony, and it's the testimony of everybody who become a Christian. All right? 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Okay, the unrighteous are the people who are not yet sanctified. Sanctified means made holy or cleaned, all right? You've been washed, but before you become a Christian, you're unrighteous. You are unsanctified. And those kind of folks, they're not going to heaven. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. They don't have a relationship with God. And you say, well, well, pastor, who are you talking about? I'm talking about people, just everyday people. You say, well, aren't some people good? It doesn't matter. Here, the Bible says good or bad, and there are some good people versus bad people, but everybody's the same when it comes to God. They have fallen short of his glory. I mean, you know, you climb a mountain, and you might get to the foothills, or you might get halfway. Either way, you ain't at the top. All right? So you might be ahead of other people. You just ain't at the top. And in order to get with God, you got to reach his righteousness, and you ain't there. And so you're unsanctified. Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So, you know, you say, well, man, I, some of these sins are pretty nasty. They're all nasty. Any one of them get, keep you out of heaven. And, he's, and God says, Don't, you, you ain't going. You say, so if you're on that list, now here's the new, good news, verse 11. And such were some of you, but you were washed you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Brothers and sisters, that's what it means to be a Christian. Once you were unrighteous, you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you believe he died for you on the cross and rose again from the dead. The Holy Spirit opens your eyes to believe that. He applies the blood of Jesus to all your guilt, washes it away, dresses you in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and now you're sanctified. You say, but okay, well, how much did I have to do? You believed. No, 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 you know, didn't I have to go to church for years and years and, and do all these kind of good things? No, 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 you believed. And in that moment, you were dressed in the righteousness of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this is really going to be important when you get to the judgment. And when do you get to the judgment? Okay, when, when you die, basically, right? That's when you get to the judgment. How many of us are going to die? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not asking you how many of you want to, okay? Because you don't have a choice, all right? And the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, 
the judgment. So when you get to the judgment and you stand there, understand this. If you got any of this unrighteousness or this sin still in you, you don't get into heaven. Because you got to be perfect. God says be perfect because I'm perfect. In order to be with God, you got to be perfect. So can you imagine showing up to the judgment? And you say, Pastor, you're scaring me. No. If you're one of God's holy people, catch this. Look at verse. Let's back in chapter 1. Look at verse 8. Who will sustain you to the end? Here it comes. Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you become a Christian, he makes you guiltless. And that don't make no sense because I know my life. I still get tempted. Sometimes I fall. I feel ashamed. I feel dirty. I have to go back to Jesus. Please forgive me. But the word of God is this. In that day, because of God's grace and mercy, because he changed my heart to believe in him, when I stand at the judgment, I am guiltless. So will you. That's some good news. All right. Change. That's my third point. Verses 4 through 7. And Paul says this. And by the way, I, I want you to know he's saying this to New City, Atlantic City. This is God's word to you. I give my thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. In every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is true about every church that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a people who God is changing. And he's given you gifts. He's given you everything you need. And that change keeps happening. You, you, you change the way you talk. The ch you change the way you walk. You change the way you think. The change the way you act. What's happening? The Holy Ghost is at work. And he's pouring himself out among you. And even what we saw last night, to go back 10 years ago, and we were hoping for stories that would be told like we're told last night. 10 years ago, we didn't know if any of those stories would ever come about. You are that story. And you're that story because that is what Jesus does for his church. He makes the impossible happen. And you know... Here's the funny thing about pastors. God never saves the people I want to get saved. I want good-looking, rich people to get saved. I want people who help me run the church, who have all kinds of gifts and talents, and I want them to get saved. And, and, and you know, I, I want the popular people to get saved. And you know what God does? He saves people like me that people didn't think would make it. Who, you know, and, and so Why? So that, that angels in heaven would say, Woo, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I mean, you know, all the angels looking at each other. Yeah. Did you think anything good would come out of this? No. How'd that happen? God. That's what God is doing here at New City 
Okay? You've been changed by the grace of God. Let me get to my last point. And that is the word constant and consistent. And this is what we've talked about here um, in verses 8 and 9. And I want you to just take this home with you and keep it with you for the rest of your life and hold on to it. Here he says in verse 8, who will sustain you to the end? Guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Please understand this. God called you to Christ. And not only did he call you to Christ, he has the power through his grace to keep you in Christ. And there are times when you will feel it's by the edge of your teeth. Sometimes you will feel it. You are hanging on by your fingernails and you will think, I, I can't live this life. What you don't know, while you're feeling all the stress of hanging, God's hands are under you and nobody's going to pluck you out of his hands. You will endure. You will endure. He will What's the word? Sustain you. Sustained and showing up at the judgment, guiltless. Why? Gives the answer right here in one little phrase. God is faithful. See, he's not banking on your faithfulness. You know, God isn't up in heaven worried. Do they have what it takes? They gonna hold out? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Is anybody gonna show up in heaven? You know, when God gives an invite, he doesn't need an RSVP. Because if he invited you, you're coming. That's what a call means. You've been called, you will be kept, and you will arrive. And I want you to put your confidence in that. Yeah, you will fail. There are times you will fall. You will be ashamed, and you will feel broken. Put your eyes back on the cross. The tomb is empty. The king is risen. He knows your name. Father God, thank you for your mercy. Because, Lord, there is no hope that we have except in you. Bless New City, Atlantic City. Sustain them. Show them your mighty power. Oh, Lord, we pray for more and more to be saved in this city. That this church would be full of stories of testimony of your grace. Bless their pastors. Bless all the leaders here. Bless the boys and girls. Help them to love you with all their heart. For your glory and in your name we pray. Amen.